G'day, this is Mark Rathbone from Save Our Soil. Tonight on my audio blog, I thought I might deal with some frequently asked questions. Quite often at the market, we have the same questions over and over again. And we're going to answer some questions like, what is organics? How does it differ from biodynamics? What is conventional farming? What is hydroponics? And those kind of things. So stay tuned if you're interested in that kind of thing. Hi, this is Mark Rathbone from Save Our Soil. Tonight on the audio blog we're going to deal with some frequently asked questions and um, I've got quite a few here that I want to deal with. So um, I hope you find some interesting information here. By the way, I thought if you've listened to a couple of the past podcasts, subscribe to it so that we can see how we're going. Uh, we've got a couple of subscribers, but uh, we wanted to see how many people we can get subscribed and whether I should continue or not. So if you can push the subscribe button, that would be great. Well, firstly, the most question I get asked with uh, is what is biodynamics? And I think I've dealt with that pretty well in podcasts previously so if you just go back one or two podcasts I've described that fairly well a lot of people ask me at the market what's the difference between biodynamics and organics probably the best way to describe that is relating it to my own experience so that I'm accurate prior to us going biodynamics, we were conventional farmers. And conventional means really just what everybody else does, I guess. Uh, we put on water-soluble fertilizers and chemicals to mix with the water and make the plants grow. And we experienced some problems with that. And also, we had to add chemicals to our stock by drenching them. Um, when we were dairy farmers, we're no longer that. We're vegetable farmers now. We had to spray them with chemicals to stop lice and ticks and that kind of thing. And we would add antibiotics and vaccines to stop a lot of other pests and problems. So that's in the dairy realm. But also... In modern day times, the use of weed killer is quite widespread. And you might see this if you go out into an orchard or a vineyard. Have a look underneath the trees. And if you see a lot less grass or sometimes dead grass, that is the use of a systemic weed killer to kill all the weeds underneath the trees and the vines. Now, these are systemic, that means the chemical goes into the weed and right through the roots and the leaves and then kills the whole plant. My concern with that is that some of that weed killer may go into the vine or the fruit and then you're consuming it. 
and there has been evidence to suggest that that does happen. Um, I don't have any right now, but um, check it out on YouTube and you'll find out that that's the case. So that's sort of what conventional is. It's really just doing whatever you can to grow food and um, do it in the cheapest way and producing the most product from that. Now, if that affects uh, the plant and affects your health, then I'm not too sure. We, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that or widely published evidence anyway. So, but it really comes down to whether you want to be eating chemicals or not. So it's a pretty simple decision on my point of view. So what is organics? Organics is when you take all the chemicals out of farming. And we went organic probably for just a few months or maybe a year prior to going BD. So instead of putting on water-soluble chemicals, we would bring in minerals to put on our soil and also a lot of compost. So we'd bring a lot of manure in, a lot of hay in, make compost out of it and spread that on the soil. And that has an effect and it's quite good, uh, but you end up bringing a lot of stuff in the gate and um, it can cost a lot of money. And also some of those fertilizers and composts can mix with the water and go up the taproot of the plant and the plant feeds indiscriminately, force-fed in a way. So it does have its problems. We still experience bloat, which I explained in a previous podcast. And we weren't exactly happy with the method, uh, but it's still chemical-free and it does improve soil biology. So it is a good method of farming, and my hat goes off to any organic farmers. We came in Copper Spy Dynamics, and it from a philosophy point of view is more related to building soil structure and building the soil and then allowing your plants to grow in that rather than trying to add something to the soil and to the water to make things grow. So it's a bit more holistic. Uh, it's a bit more self-contained within the fences of the farm. So we don't bring in anything on the farm and our certification body and our teaching is that we try and create all the fertility on the farm by either making our own compost or growing plants in the soil and then using microbes to break them down to do the composting action in the soil itself. So that's how BD differs in some respects. Then a lot of people ask me, you know, what is hydroponics? And it's probably the most unnatural of farming methods in that it's usually done in a hothouse, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I have seen some hydroponic places outside of hothouses. And what they do is they grow plants in water. There's no soil at all. And then they mix things, whether they be chemicals or minerals, into the water and the plant lives off the water itself. Now, I don't know if there's any nutritional loss there or if there's any problems associated with that, but to me, it's not very natural. You don't see lettuce growing in ponds. Um, you don't see broccoli growing in dams. So to me, I think some of the 
natural balance is taken out and the plants are pretty much force fed whatever the human decides to put in the water not what nature decides so uh, if you want a more natural product I would go for organic or biodynamic but that's a choice that you make in some respects conventional farming can be a bit hydroponic in that it too uses uh, fertilizer to mix with water in the soil and then feed the plant in a force-fed kind of way so it's a similar thing the one thing about hydroponics that is beneficial i guess is that they wouldn't use weed killer because it's grown in a tube and no weeds would grow but i don't know whether fungicides or anything else or insecticides are used you'd have to ask the individual uh, hydroponic grower because you really can't make any generalizations with farming because there's so many different uh, methods and within each of those methods farmers do things differently so I would recommend going to a farmers market at least and then asking the farmer okay what do you put on your product whilst we're on the subject of that some of the questions you might ask them would be do you spray uh, weed killer onto the plants or the soil around the plants because some of the farmers say, oh, I don't spray uh, my fruit at all. And that may be the case, but ask them, do they use weed killer under the plant? Because that can still go up into the plant system and perhaps affect your fruit. Another question you might ask is what fertilizers you put on, uh, whether they be minerals or whether they be water soluble fertilizers or chemical fertilizers. You could ask whether they use fungicide. Uh, that's another dangerous product. Anything with side in it, like fungicide, insecticide, pesticide, herbicide, is all killing to me. And none of that is used in the organic and biodynamic methods. So it's important that you ask very specific questions. And the farmers are usually very honest about it. And the more questions you fire at them, the more they're, you're likely to trip them up or them to tell the truth another question you might ask is uh, do you use insecticide at any stage or at any part of the farm because there's always drift people might not spray that fruit but if they spray another crop nearby then the possibility of chemicals getting onto your food is is likely so there's some questions that you might ask the farmers um, ask them if they use a fungicide as well that's used sometimes on the fruit or the uh, crop itself, or it may be used in uh, storage, for example, grain. Some fungicides are used in grain storage so that the grain doesn't go moldy, and some insecticides may be used in storage as well. So there's some of the questions you might like to ask. So I've digressed a little bit, but I will continue on my frequently asked questions. Sometimes people say, well, organics and biodynamics can't feed the world because we can't produce enough, which I don't believe to be true. On my own farm, I get as much production as the uh, conventional guys. Or the fruit may be a little smaller, but I kind of like it that way because I don't like my pumpkins huge. And um, But I have like 23 acres that I don't even use because I'm busy running five 
So there's a lot of land wasted out there and there's plenty of room for more food to be grown. And some of our guys in um, our field get as much production off their fields as some of the conventional people do. Some don't, of course, but you've got to relate this to how many inputs go in too um, and the energy that goes into those inputs. For example, water-soluble fertilizers in the chemical realm cost a lot of energy to make. So um, you've got to sort of think about it in relationship to the whole process. Another question I get at the farmer's market is, why is organics and biodynamics so expensive? Well, it just takes more labor, physical labor, to produce that product. So we have to pay more people per item to get that produce to you. Weeding is the main thing that costs the most. A conventional farmer could uh, spray his crop for about you know, 20 or $30 an acre with weed killer and have no weeds come up. Whereas for us to do that manually with a tractor or with a hoe would cost 600 to $1,000 an acre. So you can see then the increased cost of that has to go somewhere and it has to go on the produce to you. So if you value not eating weed killer, then you have to pay a little bit more. That's probably the main reason, but also uh, with biodynamics and organics, there's a lot more care and attention given to the food. So with that extra care and attention, you're paying for that. So we send less uh, off to market, so transport costs might be a bit higher. And also the retailers tend to put everything up by 100%, which I think is not quite the right thing to do. Uh, if they were just to put things up 50%, they would still get a fairly good margin and um, the produce wouldn't be as expensive. So you also have to relate that to the overall cost to the environment. Um, usually conventional agriculture, it costs more to make the fertilizer, it costs more fuel to transport all the inputs around. Um, so you've got to look at the overall picture and not just the expense that you pay at the, um, at the shop. You've got to also include environmental expenses like some of those water-soluble fertilizers run off into our streams and poison the rivers. And then the government has to clean that up. So you're paying for that with your taxes. But that's not often included in the in the price. You don't see that at the supermarket. So some of the other questions I get is how do we deal with pests? Normally we don't have as many pests as some of the conventional guys because our plants are sitting in really good soil. They're being fed all the appropriate minerals through the fungis and the microbes. And they're able to fight off pests and disease much better. Uh, we do use a thing called Dipel for caterpillars, which is a biological control for caterpillars. It's like a fungus that only affects the caterpillar. And uh, people make this fungus and then sell it in powder form and then we just spray it on the leaf. Caterpillar eats it and then they die. Now, if the rain comes and washes that, fun that um, Dipel off, we have to then reapply it. So not a poison by any means it's just a biological control and uh, it has no effect on humans or any other insects for that matter just the caterpillar uh, itself 
Uh, the only other problems I have with pests is hares and uh, things like rabbits that just eat green matter and I just deal with them. I just grow more produce in order to counteract that. For example, if they take 10%, I just grow 10% more. So that's how I deal with it. Uh, some of the other questions we get as what do we do for fertilization? Uh, when we were conventional, we, of course, we bought all our fertilizer. We bought nitrogen, we bought um, phosphate, superphosphate. Uh, we had to buy in some potassium, things like that, calcium. Uh, we also bought in all the vaccines and things for um, the cows. When we were organic, we bought a lot of manure and hay in, so we'd buy that from other farms uh, and then bring that in. So, But with uh, biodynamics, we don't have to bring anything in. Basically, we, what we do is we grow crops in the soil and then we spray it with our microbes and then they compost it down in the soil. So um, we don't have to bring anything in or buy anything. So that adds to our profit line by not having so many expenses. So all the fertilization is taken care of here on our property. It's the thing that sort of differentiates us from organic farming in some respects. Some organic farmers do do all their own fertilization, but you'd have to ask that question if you get a chance to bring the farmer up or speak to him at the farmer's market. It's a very individual thing. Now, can organics and biodynamics help our environment? The answer to that is yes. Organics and biodynamics have a uh, common thing where we take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it into our plants, and then the microbes break down that carbon in the form of root systems, leaves, uh, through the fungi and the biomass, and then the microbes, through the predatory nature, put that into a water-soluble form and hold it in the soil, and it doesn't wash away. Uh, it tends to be held in a thing called humus, so we are actually always building carbon. Our soil gets darker and darker in color, and that's the sign that carbon is building up. So it has been said that if everybody went organic and biodynamic, we could take most of the carbon back out of the atmosphere in you know, 20 years or, or maybe less. But therein rise the problem. Organic and biodynamic agriculture is only about 2% of the whole system. So we've got a lot of work to do, and that's partly why I'm putting out this podcast, so that we can get the consumers saying, well, you know, I want to improve the environment, I want to improve my health, I don't want the pesticides and chemicals in the river, and then make choices with their wallet. Uh, that's the only real action that you can take, apart from planting trees or, or something like that. So they're most of the questions that I get from most people at the market. And uh, they seem to happen all the time. I'm sure there's some that I've missed, but I'll endeavor to um, get to them at a later stage. Anyway, uh, I'd like to remind you, if you're listening in, to thank you for doing so. But also, if you can subscribe to this podcast, that would help me a lot to see if people are listening and to see whether I'll continue with this experiment. You can also email me at saveoursoil59 at gmail.com 
And uh, if you've got any questions, I can certainly have, try and answer them for you. So anyway, until the next episode, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you there. See ya.